the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. Another gorgeous day across western Pennsylvania. Kath, uh, I hope that uh, you've got the, the sunshine with you and spent a little time outside today. I was out on my porch, John. I enjoyed yes. every hot second of it. Yes, you got to take it in because before you know it, it's going to be cold. Listen to so. this. I went for a walk with uh, my husband. I was fortunate enough to be able. We had the same like block Schedule. of time open, yeah. which doesn't usually happen. And so we went for a walk. We have like a two-mile loop around our, our neighborhood area. And by the time we got back, uh, it was like we were sweaty. <laughs> That's good. That's where we are right yes. now. I mean, November isn't that something? 10th. I love it so much. Okay, so more good news. Uh, let's hope so. Kath, give us the top four at four. All right, John and Mike, for your Tuesday, November 10th. 2020, number one, a 449-page report was released by the Vatican today in the case of Theodore McCarrick, the defrocked former cardinal who's been accused of inappropriate sexual activity for much of his long career. According to the PG article by Peter Smith, much of the report looks at who knew what during Mr. McCarrick's early career, but also at his years of retirement as Archbishop of Washington, where he was succeeded by Cardinal Whirl, the former longtime Bishop of Pittsburgh. For his part, Cardinal Whirl said he did not hear, quote, even a whisper in the media that McCarrick was doing anything wrong, according to the Vatican report, quote, no person in this Washington archdiocese, no former secretary of his, no layperson, nobody ever came to me to say that anything abusive had ever occurred or to say that Cardinal McCarrick had engaged in any appropriate behavior. Nothing. The New Vatican Report confirms that high-ranking church officials worried that rumors about McCarrick would erupt into scandal, though they never investigated them thoroughly enough to make a finding. Right. That's a big sleazy cover-up. The hits keep no, on coming. Yeah. Number two. Ben Roethlisberger has been added to the reserve COVID-19 list this week, along with four other Steeler players. Big Ben, along with Jalen Samuels, Vince Williams, and Gerald Hawkins have to be isolated for five days because of their close contact with Vance McDonald, who has tested positive for the virus. Now, Coach Tomlin said at his noon presser today that he thinks Ben should be able to play Sunday against the Bengals, though none of the named players are permitted at the Southside team facility. And like most of us, they will be subjected to virtual meetings. How do you practice virtually? What's that going to look like? He's going to be like some. It's ineffective. Yeah. Well, I just throw the ball. Number three. Good news for Pitt basketball fans, of which I'm one. Looks like the university will allow 1,250 people in the Peterson Event Center for each of its 14 home basketball games this season, which is 10% of capacity. School officials, of course, say the capacity number is subject to change depending on what's going on with COVID, and it includes everybody who enters the Pete, not just fans and students. So don't forget about the players, the coaches, the staff members, the home visiting team allocation security, 
and other venue personnel. So that'll be just a tiny percentage of uh, right, spectators. So we'll end up so six people can right. get into the so, beat. Yeah, awesome. And number four, I know it's about 75 degrees and it feels like June, but believe it or not, the annual installation of the City County Building's Christmas tree is mm. set for this Saturday in Pittsburgh. Mm. Now, the tree actually should have gone up last week, but according to the trip, public safety postponed it due to concerns about the election. James Hill, executive assistant to Mayor Peduto, said that light-up night in downtown being canceled. He feels like the tree lighting will provide a bright spot. Quote, we've been putting up this Christmas tree at the city county building now for 105 years, and previously it had only been stopped for World War. So I think it's an enduring sign that even in difficult times, there are some traditions that endure. And that is your top floor four. Very nice. A very merry COVID Christmas beginning here in Allegheny County. You know, you always wonder where those big trees come from, right? Because they're just gigantic. It feels as though that's in someone's backyard or their property Well, I can tell you where it's coming from. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be transported from Rowley Street in the hill. Really? In the hill Mm -hmm. district? That's super cool. You know, here's the thing. I don't know if it was grown there. It doesn't say that it was grown there. Um, but that will happen between 8 and 9 a.m. on Saturday. Apparently, it's a smaller tree this year. Normally, the tree is between 50 and 60 feet. This tree is only 32. Okay. But part of the reason, apparently, is that the city is running out of good candidates for the Christmas tree because the blue spruces in the area are declining because they can't take the warmer weather. Yeah. We've got some evergreens out uh, in our yard here, and they've got this evergreen fungus which you know, uh, eventually they're going to have to come down. Yeah, they're starting to look like they're, you know, on their last legs, which is a shame. Well, the good news is that all the trees downtown that are artificial, of which, you know, 99% of them are, this one tree in downtown Pittsburgh is the real deal. Excellent. All right, Christmas season underway. Is it, what, it's 75 degrees or something like that? Still feels very nice out there, doesn't it? I would take this type of Christmas holiday celebration. I would be very happy with this <laughs> as well. Okay, let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got a lot to cover here on today's show. We're going to talk in a few minutes about Paul's most beloved letter was entrusted to a woman, Phoebe. That's straight ahead here on The Ride Home with John and Kathy on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Now, our young people today, many of them could not recite the Ten Commandments. These kids have those televisions in their room, but they're becoming roadkill on the information highway. They do not understand the Word of God and the truth of God. Join us for Adrian Rogers' series, A Perfect Ten for Homes That Win, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college-age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Facilities Management HVAC or Electronics Training Program available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start, SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275. 
866-711-6275 or salemcareerhub.com. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm Kathy Emmons. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in network. Isn't it time for a change? Stop the insanity. Call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30 percent. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. Or go to MarleyFG.com. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. I always love to find out those little nuggets of the story behind the story. And that's this story that we're going to talk about right now with Jennifer Powell McNutt from Wheaton College and Amy Beveridge Peeler from Wheaton. Jennifer is the chair in biblical and theological studies at Wheaton, and Amy Beveridge Peeler is the associate professor of New Testament at Wheaton. They co-wrote a piece that's appearing in Christianity Today. It's titled Paul's Most Beloved Woman, sorry, Paul's Most Beloved Letter Was Entrusted to a Woman. Jennifer, Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having having us. (laughs) Sure. Okay. So let's talk about this woman whose name is Phoebe and um, not one of the friends. Uh, 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 So let's go back and think, um, talk first off about Paul's letter to the Romans, which is one of the great Mm -hmm. theological treatises in any religion in anywhere in Mm -hmm. all of the history of the earth. Um, For those of us who (laughs) believe in but I, I don't think I'm over speaking there. I mean, that's the real no, truth. And for no. those of us who, for those of us who believe in Jesus, it's just a treasure trove, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. not mm-hmm. just of in-depth theological insights, but absolutely heart-stoppingly beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. themes um, for what it means to live a Christian life and die a Christian death. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so mm-hmm. let's talk about Romans first, and then let's talk about Phoebe. So, I don't know who wants to start. Let Jen, you want to start us off and talk about Romans? Well, so the thing, the part that I contribute to this this article and this conversation is just to affirm what you're saying that Romans is incredibly significant in in the life of the church. Um, one of the things we highlighted was how Romans was kind of life changing for so many of the kind of the great leaders of the church throughout history from you know, Augustine to um, Martin Luther, um, you know, John Wesley's story, Karl Barth. Um, and so that's part part of my contribution to, uh, to this article is how important Romans has been for shaping leaders in the church. 
Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, and and sh- and shaping me in in countless ways. Mm-hmm. All right, so mm-hmm. Amy, let's turn to you. You want to talk a little bit about Romans? Yeah, I love teaching Romans, and I always tell my students I feel so inadequate because we never have enough time. I took a few <laughs> classes in seminary where we focused just on the first eight chapters for sixteen weeks, and then nine through eleven for another sixteen weeks, and we felt like we'd only scratched the surface. Uh, What I think is so powerful about Romans is that it definitely tells the story of human salvation. This is why we have the Romans road, right? You can get really the entire narrative of creation, fall, and redemption here. And while I think that's vitally important, my eyes were opened uh, through my teacher, Beverly Gaventa, to an even greater vision of the story. Yes, it is about me, but it really is about God's unfolding holiness and faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And when we get that vision of who God is, and that really is what Romans gives us, then we can adequately see how we as individuals fit into God's grand story. And it's just all laid out there. Um, I mean, it's probably not everything Paul ever thought. It's not his systematic theology. But because he wants to present his gospel as full as possible, you get a sense of the wholeness of the story here, really unlike any other letter in the New Testament. Hmm. So this is fascinating because Paul starts to call out people that are, you know, part of his story, his narrative, and he specifically singles out Phoebe. So Amy, mm-hmm. talk about that, about the, the the sort of roll call and then the extra added call out to Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Yes. So chapter 16, I'm afraid, is one of those chapters that if you're just reading through your Bible, you might gloss over. Just skip over it. Names right. that you don't know sure. how to pronounce. <laughs> Um, But for scholars of the New Testament, this has been a vitally important chapter for understanding the social makeup of the Roman communities, the Roman Christian communities. So you get a list of all of Paul's co-workers. If you look at those lists throughout the New Testament, Paul was working with many people. And we notice here that that's a mix of Jew and Gentile, male and female, slave and free, echoing his own call about the gospel in Galatians 3.28. But Phoebe's placement here and those who study epistolary form, the forms of letters in the ancient world, say that the placement here really does lift her up as the one who's carrying the letter. And I think this is very important. This is where historical context opened our our eyes to things that we might not naturally see in Scripture. Because Mm -hmm. when he says she's carrying the letter, receive her, treat her well— Um, that means that she's just not handing it off, but she really is functioning as Paul's representative. He can't be there. And so when these communities are hearing this letter for the first time, she's there to, as we state in the piece, answer the questions that communities might have had about Romans. And of course, people have had a few questions about Romans throughout the year. (laughs) I've had a few questions about Romans. Okay, so 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 for people who aren't familiar with the book, let me just parenthetically state that we're talking about the very end of Romans. So all of the deep theology, the beautiful commentary, the the themes of God and His unfolding wisdom and the salvation that's available to everyone who believes, all of those themes have already been put into the book. They've been read by the reader. And now we're at the conclusion, and that's where Phoebe's name comes up. Um, Mm -hmm. So talk about, so she's at the very beginning of the list of all of the people Mm -hmm. that Paul writes about. Um, So talk about what we know about her. Um, Mm -hmm. Do we have any bio? Do we know why she was the one who carried the letter? 
What we know about her is that she's active in her own church in Kentria, which is very close to Corinth, and she's a diaconos there, a, a deacon some translations will have, or a servant. This is one of those tricky words that it can mean kind of generally she helps people out, or more specifically that she holds a particular office. And I think it's really important to know that while this word has a masculine ending, in Greek, this could be attributed to women. And I think it's important to bring out that that doesn't mean she's in a separate role just for women. She really is a servant, as Jesus is described as a servant, as Paul is described as a servant. So she is such a person that she's lifted up as one who really gives her life for others. And then Paul says she's helped many. She's even helped me. And the word there is prostatus. Mm. That, that could indicate that she supports him financially. Uh, it could be that she has been in a leadership role with Paul. Um, these are weighty terms. And so we know that she is an active Christian whom Paul t- trusts greatly. Uh, there's a lot of debate, but those things we can be sure about. Mm-hmm. All right. So but let me um, bring up the portion of the the reasoning. I don't remember which book I read um, where N.T. Wright was talking about Phoebe maybe being the one who read the letter and mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. would explain it to the people. Yes, um, that was interesting for me to discover because I've heard him talk about this, and I think that's possible. He's been kind of critiqued by Peter Head and some other scholars who've said, well, actually, it's more likely that someone as part of the church would have read it. And so that invites us into the uh, details of how this might have played out. What I ended up concluding in the research for this piece is that maybe we don't know if she read it or not, but there really doesn't seem to be any questions that the letter carrier would have been the one to uh, represent the author and respond to any queries that the audience had about the letter. So whether or not she read it out loud, um, that's a bit of a toss-up, I guess. But the most important thing for me is that, again, Paul trusted her and trusted his most weighty theological letter to her care and her ability to explain in his absence. That, that is just an incredibly powerful picture of the degree to which he and Phoebe share this co-laboring in the gospel. Wheaton College, we're speaking with Jennifer Powell McNutt and Amy Beveridge Peeler about a piece that's in Christianity today. Paul's most beloved letter was entrusted to a woman. So it, it's fascinating. Essentially, then, Phoebe could be a mailman, right? I mean, she's a gospel carrier. Uh, that would be a very high honor, and especially for a woman, deeply unusual for the time. Could be, yes. Um, and and I think that's right. Mail Mailman is, is a good picture, but of course— when my mailman brings me my letters, if I have a question about something, I don't yes. usually ask my mailman. <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't so, know the answer. You know, <laughs> with it still, I don't really want to pay it. You know, that's not my mailman's problem. Um, <laughs> so it is a little bit different. That, that's, I think, an important difference for readers to capture. She doesn't just drop it off and then leave. That's why Paul spends that first paragraph there to say all of these things about her, to show she is a person of high reputation because he wants the the audience to trust her. If she was just dropping it off, he wouldn't have needed to say anything about her at all. See, that's good. Hmm. 
All right. So what does it tell us about now? This is where it's going to get real sticky. What does this tell us about the role of women? Um, how should it perhaps challenge our understanding at this point? Jenny, you want to take that? I've done a lot of talking so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no problem. Um, well, for my part, I was, I've been really interested in how the church receives the tradition mm-hmm. of Phoebe. And it's interesting to look at the Reformation and because it, it is so, um, the conversation is dominated by how do we read Romans? Um, almost every uh, Reformation commentator begins with the book of Romans when they publish their commentaries. And so it just highlights how important that book is. And so they're coming across Phoebe, and um, and I work in uh, work on Calvin's church and uh, Calvin's Geneva, and it's just fascinating to see how they receive Phoebe in the 16th century in Calvin's Geneva as an evidence of the the value of women um, holding the office of the diaconate, um, so not exclusively, and so, but seeing that there is a male role and a female role in the work that deacons are doing. And in the Reformation, that includes um, caring for the poor, caring for the sick. Um, you know, their hospitals functioned not just for the sick, but also for the orphan, um, for the aged. Um, so there was multidimensional elements to the ministry that they were doing. And it, it's really notable that they saw women as having a, a place in that in that work mm-hmm. um, officially. Yeah, yeah, and it and I'm not saying anything that everyone doesn't already know, but it's difficult reading Paul in regards to yeah. women. Um, not just because mm-hmm. I'm a woman and I don't like what he has to say, because that's not true. I'm actually eager to mm-hmm. hear what Paul has to say, and I've always been mm-hmm. trying to figure out kind of what he's getting at. And if we believe that all Scripture is God breathed, then mm-hmm. what he says about Phoebe is is as important as the mm-hmm. type of teaching he's giving to the individual churches. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really vital to emphasize that Paul advocates for the education of women. And that's Mm -hmm. true even in those passages that are a little bit hard to hear, 1 Timothy 2, 1 Corinthians 14. Mm -hmm. But but Phoebe's life is evidence that he has or she has received instruction about God so that she can answer these questions. So Jenny and I concluded, look, this is a call, a reminder that our children— male and female, sons and daughters need to be educated in scripture so that they can provide an answer for the hope that lies within them. So I I would hope everyone could agree on that. I think Jenny has brought up the importance of the role of service and the diaconate. And um, I I love being able to be with people that disagree, but uh, I think Phoebe has to be put alongside. We got a letter this week from a pastor that said, I'd never really heard of Phoebe, and now I plan to preach her. And so if she's not part of the conversation about women and men's roles in the church, then we don't have a full picture to deal with. And that's that's exactly what we're... Yeah, Yeah, Jen, close us out on that. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's that's what we're really trying to do. You know, this is the second article. We already have a third 
that we're talking about doing. We just want to encourage the church to talk about the women that are in the Bible and to explore what that means um, to highlight their stories, because the Bible has already highlighted their stories as significant for us to know and to remember as evidence of how God has been at work in 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 the life of the church and you know how that relates to our faith in Christ. So it's it's worthy of our time and attention, and that's that's what we're hoping to do, basically. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Well, Jen and Amy, it's it's fascinating scholarship, really. I mean, you've peeled back something here that I, I didn't know. I didn't have any connection with this. So I greatly appreciate this and look forward to uh, other uh, chapters as you move forward. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our pleasure. Jennifer Powell McNutt, Amy Beveridge Peeler from Wheaton College. Paul's most beloved letter was entrusted to a woman. That would be Phoebe. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 990 6976. That's 1 800 990 6976. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Premature birth is the number one killer of babies. Those who survive often face birth defects and complications that affect them for life. For hundreds of thousands of families in the United States, this is the hardest thing they will ever have to face. And it's even harder on the baby. March of Dimes is providing education and support to families and funding life-saving research to give every baby a fighting chance. You can help. Do something today. Give them tomorrow at marchadimes.org slash tomorrow. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at libertymutual.com. Liberty, 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 liberty. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. 
We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. For tonight, it'll be warm with considerable clouds. Occasional late-night rain is expected, along with a thunderstorm below 61. It'll be warm tomorrow with periods of rain. Tomorrow's high 68. Plenty of clouds tomorrow night with a low of 43. Thursday, times of clouds and sunshine will reach a high of 56. Mostly sunny Friday with a high of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Hey, listen, if you're not around a radio and it's between 4 and 6 and you think, oh, I want to listen to John and Kath, well, listen, it is no problem. You can take Word FM with you on your phone or on your tablet. All you have to do is download the free Word FM mobile app and you can hear us wherever you go. And that might be creepy or awesome. You decide. Anyway, never miss a minute of your favorite programs, all the ones on Word FM. Just tap the app and listen anytime, as well as online at www.wordfm.com. Very nice. Okay. You know, you know, like your, your screensavers that pop up from time to time, yes. you know, it's the ocean or oh somewhere my gosh. in the forest. Some epic island oh. or some beautiful green lush forest. Yes. Right. So especially, you know, you're stuck at home with COVID, you're going nowhere. Well, how about this? I want to know where those places are. I want to, you know, whenever that pops up and you think, oh, it's breathtaking. Can I go see that place? Well, I saw this piece. There's an article about a, a guy, Chuck O'Rear, who's a freelance photographer. 20 years ago, he's uh, driving through uh, Sonoma Wine Country in California. And, of course, like every photographer, he's got his camera there with him. And he drives by this billowing, rolling green hills. He stopped his car and he thought, yeah, that's an okay picture. So he, he gets out, shoots it. And, well, a couple of years later, that okay picture was acquired by Microsoft. Microsoft bought this Whoa. from a freelance photographer. Whoa. The photograph was named Bliss. And then that photograph, Bliss, was beamed onto millions of computer screens since the year 2001 that, as the default background for Windows XP. It is now by a number of outlets, uh, out, uh, guesses, viewed the most viewed photograph of all time, viewed by more than a billion people oh my worldwide. So bliss is, you know, the 20th anniversary is coming up upon it. And, and it makes you okay, wonder so what's about bliss? what else you're Am I, Like if you, do you see bliss and is it something that you say, oh yeah, I know that image. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a simple photograph. I mean, in the, you know, the bottom portion of the, of the image is just green. It's like a rolling green hills. Okay. There's a sort of slope to the hill. And then from that, a shockingly blue sky. Mm. That's it. Okay. Now, of course, you know, Microsoft put their logo in the middle of it and it frames around there. But if I showed you that, you would remember it and go, oh, I know that image. Okay. Right. It's really just a, a famous image. So at Microsoft, they have a team of people who get this. They sit around in groups and they look at images and they decide whether or not these images should be used as screenshots. Any negative visceral reactions in the room gets the photo axed immediately. So they find this inspiration, this photo team, and of course, the everyday places like we would, Instagram, National Geographic, they look at, you know, freelance photographers' images, and they go on and on and on. And now the, the quest is, as you look at these images online, whether they're Microsoft or Apple, 
right? You can click these images more often than not. And then there's background material exactly where that photo was taken, when it was taken, you know, they'll go into the deeper details of the photographic essay behind it. Right. And that's what you want because how many times you want? Yeah. How many times have we looked at an image, especially when we were still in the studio, we have a, you know, a very nice monitor in the lobby at word FM and it has really wonderful images on it. And we pass by and we say, well, where's that? that? Right. Okay. So as part of this, now they're talking back, talking to the photographer again, he says, so the 20th anniversary of this bliss image has come up and people over the years have said, where is that? Well, he's told the people where they are. The thing is though, nothing stays the same. So that bliss image, those rolling green Hills, it's now a vineyard. So it's, you know, part of this, oh, there's okay, vines right. and everything's changed around it. It's not what it used to be. Right. So that thing that you yearn for, of course, everything always changes. Okay, so if I do decide to go there, I'm going to be looking around for bliss and I'm not going to find it. No, you're not. You'll miss bliss. Although you'll be surrounded by a vineyard for oh, a lot of so people. That fine. is bliss as well. All right. right? Yes. That's good. All right. Well, in other news, I, I just have to be honest with everyone and say that I, I made a mistake about an hour and a half ago when I was taking my vitamins for the day. And uh, I took a tablet, John and Mike, of melatonin. Yeah. Now, you might be familiar with melatonin. It's it's a substance that would help a human to sleep. Oh no! Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you all sleepy? Listen, Mike, pipe down. <laughs> Mike's like laughing his head off there in the studio. I'm struggling just a little bit, and I want everyone to know about it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Coffee for you, right? Right yeah, here. Yeah, Mike's up holding the Starbucks cup. Listen, I I had you know I have like I had all all my pills put together, and I just kind of got I was not paying attention anyway. And as I was swallowing this round pill, I thought, now wait, no, what? Which one was that? Mm. I went back and looked and that's which one it was. Now, wait a second. Now, melatonin is not like a sleeping pill, is it? It's not like Ambien. Right. No. So maybe it helps. I think it helps the body's natural sleep response. Mm -hmm. You look a little limp. Yeah. I feel like I feel like my my body's natural sleep response has been enhanced in some way. Great. Well, I would encourage you to stay up at least until 605. Would you please? (laughs) I'll do what I can. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Dr. Richard Zimmerman is with us. Dr. Zimmerman has been with us from the Center for Disease Control. He's going to talk about COVID in Allegheny County. Stick around for that conversation. Insight on COVID next. 101.5 WORD. There is a thin veil between our material world and the spiritual world. Dr. Michael Youssef. Beyond that veil, there is a constant war taking place. Your enemy is trying to destroy you and your friends at the command of God, at the behest of God, they're trying to preserve you. Passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth on leading the way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Facing a layoff near retirement? You may have some important decisions to make regarding your 401k. If you don't work there, should your money stay? This decision could be important to achieving your retirement goals. This is Ethan Lane, Associate Advisor with Accurate Solutions Group. Our team has worked with many families with these types of decisions and understand your options. With taxes at historic lows, we can look at options for your 401k that could save you on taxes down the road. 
Our team at Accurate Solutions Group is offering a 10-step layoff survival guide. For your complimentary copy, call or text REVIEW to 412-515-3555. Accurate Solutions Group is ready to assist you. For your copy or to schedule your complimentary 401k review, call or text REVIEW to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Either the firm nor its representatives can provide tax advice. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Well, March, April, May, they seem like such a long, long time ago in this pandemic age. But now here we are in November, and of course, if you've been following along, you see the numbers from the Center for Disease Control. Numbers are spiking not only here in Western Pennsylvania, but worldwide. So here to talk to us about that, about long ago and far away at the beginning and to where we are now is Dr. Rick Zimmerman. Dr. Zimmerman is a COVID-19 researcher collaborating with the Center for Disease Control. He clinically tests and treats coronavirus patients, has decades plus experience as an infectious disease epidemiologist. Dr. Zimmerman, welcome back. Welcome back. And I thought I might start by sharing something written by Dr. Hayashi, who's um, a family physician. And he wrote this in the Family Physician Diary segment of our journal. And it's really telling for the emotions that he felt when treating people with COVID and the emotions that his patients felt. He writes, at 7.45 a.m., tears welled up in my eyes thinking about a patient who died this morning from COVID-19. She died alone in a busy hospital despite her hospital's plea to visit her. I have 25 patients with presumed COVID-19 on my schedule, so I collect myself and pick up my stethoscope. And he goes on later, and I'll just shorten this to 12.45 p.m. I grabbed a handful of almonds for lunch just as I received a notification on my phone. Notice of patient death. How do I tell my team that five of our patients died in the last 20, uh, 72 hours? And then at six, a patient is angry that she can't see her doctor in person. She lectures me through the phone. 
if doctors are so afraid of catching COVID-19, they shouldn't have become doctors. And then at 8 p.m., he writes, I receive an email from my sister, who is an internist, a physician in New York. Her husband is a pulmonary specialist, and they have three children under the age of nine. She wrote, if something happens to us, it has to be you who takes care of my children. And that gives you, I think, a sense of the, the pain, the sadness, the anxiety that both patients and physicians are feeling. Rick, it makes me sad to think that we are, you know, getting into a situation where we've got more people with more cases and more hospitalizations and such. However, it does seem like the hospitalizations are not accelerating to the same degree as they were in the spring. Am I right about that? Well, they're actually accelerating quite a bit. Um, UPMCs actually have the highest number of hospitalizations in its large system ever in the last week uh, for COVID-19. So actually they've accelerated. Now, I don't know if we've quite reached that peak in the region that's Allegheny County and Pittsburgh, but there has been uh, the highest region um, for some of our compatriot um, areas for UPMC. It's been, uh, for instance, the Altoona region is at its highest ever. In terms of positive tests, um, it's, you know, the uh, things are the highest in the county that they have been since the pandemic started. So we have the most cases. Um, and interestingly, in, in some of the UPMC data that I'm seeing, um, it's now, you know, you get the picture, well, it might be somebody else and things, but actually now um, it is mostly persons who are white in race that are testing positive and um, a little more uh, women than men. Of course, women may be more willing to get tested than men, so that may be a little biased. But we are seeing quite an uptick. Um, this is the worst that it's been in terms of cases in the county. The hospitals are full. They're not, shall we see, exceeded yet. We're not at past capacity, but we are at capacity um, in the region. So it's a kind of dire picture. Rick, what's exactly happening? Because uh, to be honest, when I go out in public, you know, whether I'm at the grocery store or whatnot, I do see most people masked up. So the surge in, in new cases comes from where? Well, um, on the campus of, of Pittsburgh, and uh, they've gone into more of a restricted pattern and shelter in place. It's because of those Halloween celebrations that people went to and maybe weren't wearing their masks to. Um, a number of things have happened because of eateries and uh, gatherings at work where food is served and people take their masks off thinking their coworkers are safe and their coworkers may be before the symptoms or may be totally asymptomatic. And then about 40% of people have no symptoms and transmit it. So it's actually being transmitted a lot in the communal um, meal settings and other places where people are relaxed. <coughs> Talk about counties north of the city, Rick. I see numbers are, are exploding there as well. Yes, um, and I don't know all of the, the geographic things, but what we're seeing is that the smaller towns and um, smaller cities around that didn't really get hit early on are now 
with the winter or weather approaching, of course, it's beautiful today, but with the winter weather approaching, people are congregating more, fatigue of wearing masks is set in, and the virus is spreading. The lower humidity um, may contribute to that, and so we are seeing surges all around the country, for that matter. Okay, Rick. So uh, what you're saying here essentially is there's bad news here, perhaps more along the way as winter starts to take hold. However, in all this bad news, we heard this yesterday, the good news is that Pfizer is about to roll out the vaccine, perhaps um, for healthcare workers sometime in December. And for the rest of us, you know, maybe uh, as the new year starts to take hold, February, March and April. Yeah. Well, the FCS has two pieces of great news that have hit the things. The Pfizer analysis is the first, with um, being more than 90% effective in those without prior evidence of infection. So that was just super news. We don't know the duration of immunity, but being greater than 90% is super. Now, the only information I have is the press release that Pfizer put out. Those are, though, reviewed by lawyers, and you better believe they wouldn't put out something false. Um, They did this at an interim analysis, and that interim analysis was based on 94 cases. Um, Their final analysis, uh, their final primary will be when they get um, 164 cases. But it's really incredible that they've reached 94. I did not expect this to happen this soon. Um, And so it's great news that it's above 90% fantastic news. These uh, vaccines, both Pfizer and you would kind of expect the same thing with the Moderna vaccine that's based on the same platform, are one of the first of the so-called genetic, though I think that's somewhat of a bad term, messenger RNA vaccines. And they take a piece of the spike protein, the gene segments for the spike protein from the virus, and um, their messenger RNA, they have it in a um, cover that um, is especially made cover um, a nanoparticle that allows it then to get into the cell, this lipid protective layer, and then it will go and it, uh, attach to the machinery in the cell and make the spike protein. The, bio, the cell then can um, allow the spike protein to leave and then the body sees the spike protein from the coronavirus, makes the antibodies to it. And what's so neat is um, it's quick and it doesn't take as much, um, you know, it's quick to develop. And, you know, this is the fastest probably vaccine we've ever created um, that appears to work great and uh, super news. Wow. Dr. Rick Zimmerman is with us. Rick is a COVID-19 researcher collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control. Um, Rick, you know, with all the numbers that are going up in our area and in surrounding areas, a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, have someone who's COVID-19 positive in their house. Um, So talk about, you know, how family life is supposed to go on. What are the precautions and how should people think about it? Sure. Well, um, before I get there, I want to say there's one other big announcement that happened um, because this would impact the answer to your question, um, that there is a new medicine that just got – it's a monoclonal antibody for the treatment of COVID for Mm. outpatients. 
And this is a mouthful. It's uh, called a monoclonal antibody. So it's an antibody, a monoclonal, it's all the same antibody, not a mixture. And it's bamlinivimab. And uh, John, you have one of the best voices that I've ever heard. I want you to say for me if it's tomorrow or something, bamlinivimab, 10 times. <laughs> it's not going to work, Rick, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it really is reduced hospitalization in the preliminary data from 10% for those at high risk, like seniors or people with diabetes, to 3%. Wow. And so uh, 10 to 3, that is huge. That and is. this is what will be coming. It's not here in Pittsburgh yet, except in trials. You can get in a, a trial perhaps for it, but it's got emergency use authorization. So I'm hoping we're going to see it before the end of the year. And it may be a game changer for um, given to people who have the initial things. So it's from mild to moderate, to moderate COVID. So the idea is that if you have somebody in your family that is a high risk, you get them tested immediately, and then you would get this IV infusion of the bamlinivimab, and that will reduce the risk of complications quite a bit. And so it's the stopgap measure before we get the vaccines. Wow, so what can really people do? Um, is first of all, they need to figure out how they would get tested if they got symptoms, if they got the loss of smell, the loss of taste, and so that's key. And then um, they need people need to mask, maybe even have to mask in some situations for Thanksgiving with people that may not be direct family members. Masking is key, and it is our best defense. Hmm. All right. Until we um, get Rick vaccines. Yeah. Rick, talk to us just a little bit about um, what we understand about how COVID exists on surfaces. Um, I know the, under, the understanding has changed on that um, since the research has gone on since COVID-19 hit. And I'm wondering if we're still, you know, cleaning all of our surfaces. I'm wondering about schools that are closed one day a week for cleaning. Is that still something that's necessary? I think that the common touch items like doorknobs um, are really important because those you can transmit COVID on very common things. But wiping down milk cartons, wiping down fruit, um, the things that were being done early in the pandemic simply don't need to be done. This is primarily um, vast majority of these are respiratory transmission one to the other. It's masking that's key. Very good. Well, Rick, uh, thanks for being with us. I mean, amidst all this bad news, hopefully there is a silver lining, and we always appreciate you looking at things and interpreting them for us here from layman terms. Always a pleasure. All right. Great to be with you. Bye. Thank you. Dr. Rick Zimmerman, COVID researcher, works with the Center for Disease Control. We'll take a break and come back. Big news for a young man with Down syndrome did something no one's ever done. That's next. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. 
will also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college-age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Full Stack Software Development Program from Steve Wozniak. Available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start? SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or SalemCareerHub.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody to Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. We have a regular guest on our show, Amy Julia Becker, whose daughter Penny uh, has Down syndrome. And, you know, we've never met Penny, but we feel like we know her because we've talked to Amy Julia so many times about Penny and her life. So when a story about Down syndrome comes up in the mainstream media, we look at this very carefully because there has been uh, really an eradication of people with Down syndrome uh, through abortion the last 20 years, especially. But here's a great story that there's a young man who's 26 years old, Chris Nickick. And uh, Chris Nickick became uh, this past week the first person with Down syndrome to complete the Ironman triathlon. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I mean, now, look, I'm not going to do this. Mike, maybe you're in good enough shape to do this. But Ironman consists of 2.4 miles swimming in open water whether it's the ocean or a lake, horrible, horrible. Then after you do that, you swim 2.4 miles in open water. You get on a bicycle and in one felt swoop, ride that bike for 112 miles. Uh, And then after you get off the bike after 112 miles, you say, I'm going to go for a little run, a marathon 
of 26.2 miles. I mean, can you? So Chris Minnick, he did it. His father said, what's this mean to Chris? It means that you give every person a chance. Mm. Because by saying no, he said, you know, the father said, when we discovered that Chris was Down syndrome, of course, it broke our heart. But at the same time, it elated us because they were new that we knew that there were new challenges ahead. And that's clearly what this young man, Chris Ninnick, has done in his life. So congratulations, congratulations. to the new Iron Man. What an accomplishment. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to let this hour go by, Kath, without uh, talking about we saw today that the uh, the passing of Eleanor Shano. Uh, Eleanor Shano, uh, you know the name, don't you? Yeah, I remember when you brought her up today. I remembered her from WQED. Right. Well, I, I think Eleanor Shano's time But she was QED, all over the place. Oh, she was. I mean, Eleanor Shano was a pioneer woman broadcaster. She accumulated many firsts. She was Pittsburgh's first female commercial announcer the first weathercaster at what is now KDK-TV in 1952, the city's first female general assignment news reporter at WTAE in 59, wow. the first solo women anchor at what is now PXI in 1970. But uh, she wrote an, uh, a memoir called Riding the Airwaves. And in it, she describes her first radio job or first television job where she was delivering the weather. And she, at the request of... The reporters, the sponsor of the weather, a mattress company, Eleanor Shano, had to wear a negligee <gasps> sitting on the side of the sponsor's mattress and delivered the weather wearing that. She said, uh, I, ha- I fought so hard just to be there. I had to do it. It was quite a proper negligee, but I sat still on the... W-O-R-D-F-M Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Senate balance of power now tilted toward the GOP, 49 to 48. Democrat Cal Cunningham has conceded to incumbent Republican U.S. Senator Tom Tillis in North Carolina. Tillis led Cunningham by more than 95,000 votes. The Trump campaign has filed lawsuits in key swing states now looking to make sure that voter fraud has not tainted the election. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says the president is 100 percent within his rights to take such action. McConnell saying that media projections are not the final official word on the election's outcome. And Ford planning on uh, locating at two U.S. factories 350 jobs. That would be in Missouri and in Michigan. Stocks finishing mixed. The Dow picked up 262 points. The S&P lost four. This is SRN News. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. 
create. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. By now, you've heard me talk about MyPillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. MyPillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium MyPillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium MyPillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD, or you can call 1-800-391-094. You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com. But by calling right now at 1-800-391-094, promo code WORD, you'll get yours soon. For tonight, it'll be warm with considerable clouds. Occasional late-night rain is expected, along with a thunderstorm below 61. It'll be warm tomorrow with periods of rain. Tomorrow's high, 68. Plenty of clouds tomorrow night with a low of 43. Thursday, times of clouds and sunshine will reach a high of 56. Mostly sunny Friday with a high of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along this gorgeous Tuesday afternoon as the sun sets here. Kath, uh, tomorrow, uh, as you well know, is Veterans Day. Yes, it is. And uh, we're going to go to our phones uh, and... Uh, engage our listeners maybe in a little bit here and talk about veterans and remember some veterans in your family mm-hmm. if you were part of the military. But I came across a story that I just love so much. I've never heard this story before, and I, and I kind of want to talk to you about this. Yeah. I mean, there's a story about a young guy way back in 1967. This guy's name is Chick Donahue. And Chick grew up in a 
part of Manhattan called Inwood. And it's uh, like upper Manhattan. It wasn't Upper East Side. It was like way uptown. Okay. And it was mostly a, a largely uh, Irish enclave. Lots of bars, very blue-collar working class. So th- this guy, uh, Chick uh, Donahue, he was a, a Marine. He had served in the Marines and then came back and was working uh, as a longshoreman. And he would sometimes, you know, uh, go out on the, the merchant marine ships. Anyway, uh, he was at a bar and uh, there's a patriotic bartender. And uh, he, the bartender said, you know, hey, I see all these kids. They're, you know, protesting in the streets about the Vietnam War. You know, and we see all these guys that we, you know, we hung out with. Somebody should go to Vietnam and give these guys a beer and let them know that we're with them. And this guy said, yeah, I think that's a pretty good idea. Chick Donahue said that. So he arranged for about five cases of beer to go with him. He jumped on this trawler that took two months from New York City to finally he appeared in the port in Hanoi in Vietnam. He gets off the boat. Now, while he's on the boat for those two months, of course, he drank the five cases of beer. But anyway, he gets off the boat and one of the guys in the neighborhood, he made a list of six guys in the neighborhood. He was going to try to visit firsthand in Vietnam and share a beer with them and offer encouragement about their active duty. So Chick gets off his boat and he sees a set. He sees a, he a guy. Know where he's going. He doesn't know where he's going. He's just, you know, some guy on a journey. He gets off the boat. He sees a, a serviceman wearing a helmet and on the back of the helmet is stenciled some numbers. And he realizes that one of the buddies in the neighborhood that he's going to go to see is part of the, those numbers, that troop or whatever that numbers meant. So he says to the guy, hey, do you know? And he says the guy's name, his buddy. And this guy, you know, thousands of miles away from Manhattan goes, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Get out of here. He's my buddy. Come in on. short order, literally, the way that Chuck tells his story, Chick tells his story, in 15 minutes of being in Vietnam, he meets one of his neighbor buddies. Stop it. So he goes on this journey. And wherever he goes, all throughout Vietnam, and he's wearing, of course, civilian clothing, and he's wearing sort of like, you know, plaid shirts. So he sort of sticks out. Okay. Everybody sees this American guy, thinks he's CIA. Of course, he's not CIA. He's just some guy. Anyway, on this list of six guys... He finds four of these guys and shares a beer with them. One guy had been killed in action before he got to Vietnam. The other guy was on his way back to the United States. But on this long journey, he found four guys. And now there's a book and a soon-to-be motion picture about the greatest beer run in history. Oh, my gosh. That is outrageous. That's a crazy story, isn't it? Okay, so who would have, first of all, the, the chutzpah to do that, to just to think, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Second of all, the time or the cash. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, he knew how to get around being a part of the Merchant Marines that he could kind of go from one ship to another. It's yeah. not like the three of us could figure that out. But he also could have been, you know, at home eating, you know, cheese curls. Yeah. Instead but, of doing something like that. But I just love it. I mean, that took a lot wow. of guts. For him to go out there and try to find his buddies in the neighborhood. Could you imagine him going back to Manhattan after that journey was over and said, yeah, I saw, you know, and the stories he had to tell. Now, the reason he wrote the book, he said, because he's told this story. This guy's 75 years old now. He said, I've told this story countless times. People I know scoffed at me and said, that's a load. You're making that up. That's just a big lie. So it's the truth. And it's, of course, a book, as I said, and soon to be a major motion picture.
Greatest beer run in history. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, we're going to open up the phone lines at the bottom of the hour around 530. And we're looking to hear from you about um, a veteran, a veteran that you know, and a veteran that you love. We want to hear their names on today's program. So we'll look forward to talking to you in just a little bit. But before we do that, Dr. Roger Olson is going to be with us. What is a miracle? That's the question we'll address next on The Ride Home. WORD. She was giving me the ultrasound and she turned on the sound and my baby had a heartbeat. I have a baby inside of me. You've heard that seeing is believing. That's certainly true when it comes to pregnancies. It's been shown that abortion-minded women who see their babies on an ultrasound are likely to have that baby. Today, you can provide a free ultrasound for a pregnant woman for just $28, the cost to save the life of a baby. So whether you want to save one or five or hundreds of babies, Word FM and Preborn are here to help. Call today, 833-850-BABY or go to wordfm.com. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Emmons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley, 724-884-1496. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm. We'll treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8:36, So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176. And together, we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. What's a miracle? What is a miracle? Kath, have you ever been privy to a miracle? I mean, I hate to say that I hate to say no, because I feel like most. I No, I that's okay to say no, because I, I don't think I have. I mean, I, 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 a miracle. 
I, I've seen people um, come to faith in Jesus that I thought there was no, absolutely never any hope of in a million years. <laughs> yeah, that That's probably the biggest miracle, miracle I can say. Yeah. Um, a physical miracle or a miracle of healing or something like that. I don't think I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Our next guest, Dr. Roger Olson, who is the Foy Valentine Professor of Christian Theology of Ethics at George W. Truett Theological Seminary at Baylor, is here to talk to us about what is a miracle. Roger, welcome back. How are you, sir? Thank you. It's good to be with you again. I'm fine. Good. Okay, so miracles. Um, Do we have to start out with a working definition? I suppose so. Um, You know, there could be many different definitions, but I restrict the word miracle to something that happens that cannot, in principle, be explained scientifically. Mm. So in other words, that no future scientific discovery could explain it. So it has to be supernatural. Okay. So then, we, you know, you hear the story, Roger, someone has cancer, you know, it's riddled with their, you know, their body. They go to the doctor and they say, I'm sorry, you know, you've got a short way to live. And then the next time they go visit the doctor, the cancer is all gone. And the doctor says, well, it has to be a miracle. I mean, I've heard that story several times. That's mm-hmm. a miracle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be. Or it might be something that someday science could explain. So we really don't always know whether something is a miracle or not. Now, if we broaden the definition of miracle out to any act of God, then, okay, that, that changes the definition somewhat. And, a res, you know, uh, a cancer going into remission might be an, a, an act of God and still be explainable scientifically. So we can't say that God doesn't act through nature sometimes and through medicine and so forth. But I want to really restrict the word miracle to an event that just has to be supernatural. There just cannot be any scientific. Now, what would be an example? The main example is the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. I mean, that's the one event in history that I think you have to believe in to be a Christian. Uh, Maybe there are other ones, but I mean, I'll focus on that one right now. And yet, if it happened, it had to be God. (laughs) Because mm-hmm. he wasn't just resuscitated to die again like Lazarus. He rose to a new form of life fit for heavenly existence. It was something that uh, science could never possibly explain. Hmm. So Thomas Jefferson famously uh, made his own Bible, and with his little scissors he went through and cut out all the supernatural mm-hmm. things and the miracles that he didn't like. Um, so he was obviously clearly concerned about the same thing that you're mentioning. Anything that science can't explain, he couldn't have in his Bible. Um, how yeah. do you look at that? I mean, what, what's the role of the supernatural and miracles in, in our Christian understanding? Yeah, I think they're essential. I think that believing in miracles, especially the miracle of the resurrection of Jesus, but also the miracles that Jesus performed and that happened in the early church as recounted in, in the book of Acts, uh, I think belief in those is essential to true, authentic Christianity. And I don't think Thomas Jefferson was a Christian. Um, you know, he, he just did not believe the miracles, including the virgin birth, the incarnation, the resurrection, Jesus' miracles, and so forth. He was a deist of some kind. And uh, I don't think that's authentic Christianity. Now, I'm not saying that he, he's in hell, burning in hell or anything like that, because I don't know. That's God's, <laughs> God's decision. Only God knows that about someone. But sometimes I have to make a theological decision about someone or a church or something and say, is that authentically Christian? No, no. If you don't believe in miracles at all, then I don't think you can possibly be a Christian. Right. 
And a miracle is one of those things. I mean, unless you're confronted with it, right, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around it to to really. And I, I imagine, Roger, that a lot of people who are Christians have really not considered the miracle of miracles, which is Jesus rising from the dead, exactly what that looked like, felt like, sounded like, smelled like, all that. I mean, well, that's one way in which it's a miracle. It's unique. It can only be an act of God. So we can't really point at it and say, uh, well, look, that's just like this other thing that happened. You know, there might be some similarities, but it's it's unique. Uh Now, one thing I want to point out here is that, you know, this problem of Christians believing in miracles is almost unique to Europe and America. Outside of Europe and America, where the majority of Christians live in the global south, this struggle over miracles does not exist. Miracles are commonplace in, in the sense that uh, they're, they're not you know, doubted. They happen. And I've talked to Christians uh, from Africa, for example, who convincingly say they have observed miracles, and I don't doubt them. Why do we have this problem? And I think it's because we just close our eyes and don't really want to believe in miracles because they bother us. If miracles mm-hmm. happened, we would not be as organized. We would, life would not be as predictable. We want control. We want things to be predictable, and, and miracles shake things up. And so we'd rather say, oh, they only happen in Bible times, or they only happen uh, on the mission field in other countries. Oh, but not, not here in my church, no, mm-hmm. because that, that would be too disturbing. But I think if we opened our minds to them and said, let's pray and ask God to really heal this person. In fact, let's obey the Bible and call the elders of the church and anoint this person with oil and lay hands on them and pray for their supernatural healing, maybe it would happen. It happened to me when I was 10 years old. I had a very serious illness. Wait, 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 Roger. Wait, Roger, you're saying this happened to you? Yeah. Tell us a story. No doubt about it. I was in the hospital. The doctor had said um, he will probably die at a young age because of this disease called rheumatic fever and the damage I know it is doing to his heart. And, you know, he called the, uh, you know, the uh, murmur, more than a murmur, he called it impressive. My mother actually died of heart valve disease as a result of having childhood rheumatic fever when I was two years old. She was only 32 years old. And um, they came, the elders came to the hospital and anointed me with oil, laid hands on me and prayed for me. And the next week when I went to the doctor, he said, I don't hear a heart murmur. I don't know what happened. Really? And to this day, I'm 68 years old, and I've never had a rheumatic heart. I've never had valve damage. Mm. And I go every year and have an echocardiogram. And every year when the cardiologist says, there's nothing wrong with your heart. You say you had rheumatic fever as a child. There's no evidence of that. And I just smile at him and tell him, let me tell you a story about that. <laughs> That's great. What a wow. great story. All right. So there's a miracle. You yourself, you can claim to be a walking miracle, Roger. I believe it. Yeah. Yes. I have no doubt okay. about it. Okay. Well, let me ask you something then. So you know, I've traveled overseas a bit. John's traveled overseas a lot, Roger. And John, I think you'll agree with me that once you get out of the United States, exactly what Roger was saying is true, is that Mm -hmm. people talk about miracles all the time. Yeah. And I wonder why that is, Roger. I mean, my only impression would be, you know, here in America, we're so 
so sure of ourselves, of our concrete houses and our automobiles and, you know, our covers against the, you know, the onslaught of nature and whatnot, where in the rest of the world, as you know, Africa and Asia, people are a little more open to the elements and they see and they're part of things differently than we are here in a first world country. What do you think? Well, they're more dependent on God and God's living activity than we are, just as you were saying. That's the way I would put it. Mm. Uh, they feel more dependent on God, and we make ourselves less dependent on God by surrounding ourselves with technologies of all kinds. And um, then I think there's the lingering after-effect of deism. It has not gone away. In fact, mm. Christian Smith, a sociologist of religion, has uh, called the common religion of America is moralistic therapeutic deism. Mm-hmm. Meaning moralistic, God has high expectations, therapeutic, he forgives, deism, but he's not involved in everyday life. So that you're saying that that could be the religion that we inherited from some of our forefathers? Yeah, and we've kind of, uh, you know, uh, changed it some here and there. We've added some dimensions to it and taken some away. But uh, yeah, I think that most Americans are some kind of deists. So, we don't really expect God to do anything miraculous, so, it, so he doesn't. No. That's really interesting. So then th- there is a, a delineation, um, Roger, between people like yourself, um, theologian or a pastor, and regular people, you know, like me, who, you know, look at miracles in a different way than you do. Would you say so? I'm not sure exactly what that question means. Can you explain it a little bit more? Well, you know— you have a deeper understanding because, you know, you've seen it, you've been there, you've walked through this where I myself, you know, I'm just, I'm really just relying on my faith. Yeah. Well, you know, all I can do is say, you know, I think that uh, you will experience a miracle if you, if you and your faith community really open up to it and look around and say, well, this person needs a miracle. Let's pray for this person and see if a miracle happens. How often do we do that in normal, ordinary church life in America? Not often. Rarely, in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So I grew up Pentecostal, and it was an everyday thing to us. I mean, we we expected miracles to happen, and they did sometimes, not all the time. But I think since I became a Baptist, it's much less common to hear about that, except on the mission field and in the Bible. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. So what I wonder what our society would be like, especially as believers, if we cried out to God for miracles on a regular basis. We would see miracles, you're saying? I think so. We'd see them more often than we do. They're not guaranteed. We can't, we can't manipulate sure. God. Right. But I think God wants to do miracles. Uh, but there will always be—I think God will always leave the possibility of doubt. So when I've explained my miracle to some people and testified about it, I've heard people say things like, well, you know, maybe some medicine they were giving you in the hospital is really what did it. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> but that right. doesn't explain why there's no heart damage. Because mm. almost everyone I know who had rheumatic fever as a child went on later in life to have heart surgery to replace a valve. Right. Okay, so tell what changed did how are you di- I mean other than physiologically, how are you different? faith-wise, and even in your thinking, knowing that that is something that was a, a reality in your life. Byproduct. Yeah. Disappointed. Disappointed oh, so. that my church doesn't pray for the sick. Hmm. 
Now, we pray for the sick in this way. We go, dear God, if it be your will, please help the surgeons to find a way to cure this person. <laughs> and that's not the biblical pattern. The biblical pattern is call the elders of the church. Let them anoint the sick with oil and pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord will raise them up. Now, I don't take that as a guarantee, but I take that as a challenge. This is what we're supposed to do. But to the best of my knowledge and memory, it has never happened in any Baptist church that I've been part of. Hmm. We don't do that. That's good. I mean, Roger, I'll take that. I Me mean, that, that's a call here of strength, yeah. uh, of faithfulness that we necessarily need to embrace as believers. Yes, yes. And every pastor ought to keep a little vial or veal of anointing oil. It's just common um, oil from, you know, olive oil in the pulpit. And uh, after the service, maybe once a month or every once in a while, invite people to come and sit in the front pew and have uh, the spiritual leaders of the church come and anoint their forehead with oil and lay hands on them and pray for them and see what happens. Why not? Mm, I love it. Well, either yeah, either we believe God is real or we don't, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, but we're mostly deists because we want control. We want things to be controlled and predictable. We don't want anything scary to happen, and that miracles can be scary. I bet. Yeah. Well, Roger, thanks. I mean, you really, you've opened it's me up today to a different way yeah. of thinking. So I, I really appreciate your presence here. This is a good word for us. All right, you're welcome. Thank you for calling. Our pleasure. Thank you for being with us. Bye. Roger Olson, the Foy Valentine Professor of Christian Theology at Baylor University. You can find Roger Olson at the Patheos blog. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. Remember those old-fashioned holidays when the pace was slower and the food all tasted like grandma had been cooking all day just for you? You know what? She probably did. You know what else? At the Spring House in 84, we still cook all day long just for you. So even though your life is filled with running, we can make sure that you still enjoy an old-fashioned holiday. Call the Springhouse now to order fresh turkeys. Not frozen, mind you, fresh, the only kind Grandma used. The aroma of a turkey roasting in your oven will fill the house with promises of what's to come. Let us prepare side vegetable dishes like Aunt Emma's breaded broccoli, sweet potato pie, or even real mashed potatoes. And don't you forget to order the dinner rolls and, of course, our own homemade pumpkin pies or even apple crumb. 
They seem to be the favorites this year. Call 228-3339 now and let us help you enjoy a real old-fashioned holiday. Social networks prove invaluable in emergency response when you're caught in a crisis and need to get the word out to everyone. The Christian Emergency Network can not only help you stay connected socially in times of crisis, but they can also help you connect before a crisis and have a response group ready to respond. Start the social network by completing the free readiness profile on ChristianEmergencyNetwork.org and then begin building your own social network for emergency response at ChristianEmergencyNetwork.org. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at WordFM.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com, in the car or at home too at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. For tonight, it'll be warm with considerable clouds. Occasional late-night rain is expected, along with a thunderstorm below 61. It'll be warm tomorrow with periods of rain. Tomorrow's high, 68. Plenty of clouds tomorrow night with a low of 43. Thursday, times of clouds and sunshine will reach a high of 56. Mostly sunny Friday with a high of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Common question. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Moving sidewalks, John. In the airport. Moving along, trying to get to your gate. Mm -hmm. Yes, no? Yeah, I love them so much. Because if you move, if you're walking briskly on a moving sidewalk, you're doing double time. It's like you're flying. I love a moving sidewalk. I wish the whole world was a moving sidewalk. It makes perfect sense to me, Kath. Does it make sense to you? Absolutely not. What? What is the point? To get somewhere quicker. Listen, if you, they look. are taking up so much space in the middle of the airport runway thing. You're carrying baggage with you. You got luggage. Listen, You're running late. It's an airport. Hoof mm. it. Or if you can't hoof it or you don't want to, then you call the little guy in the golf cart and he comes to pick you up. The moving yep. sidewalk is way more expense and way more trouble than it's worth. It does not make sense. All right. Does this make sense? We grew up two doors down from a family and uh, a young girl who was my age, her name was Dobie. And we just grew up as playmates. Now, Dobie grew up to be this beautiful girl. Of course, you'd, you know, move away and, you know, but um, occasionally I see Dobie, you know, and run into her on Facebook. But to be honest, whenever I was like in my 20s and the first time I saw Dobie, I got a little sort of like weirded out because her real name, which I've never called her before, is Maureen. And I, so I was like, well, look at her. There's, that's Dobie. But she was this beautiful young girl, and I kind of was awkward, and I wanted to, like, you know, say hi. We know each other as kids. So my question is, do childhood nicknames make sense? Well, not if it's Dobie. Well, no. <laughs> it came from a particular TV show at the time. Okay. So 
but she's still to this day, she's still Dobie. Okay, but she's Mar. She's Maureen. No, she's Dobie. No, okay. I, the childhood. I don't know what, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that. I don't know what to say other than the fact that if your name is Maureen, I don't think that your family can turn you into Dobie. Well, in this instance, it did, and it fits. Thanks, Dobie. 101.5 WORD. God blesses everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for all of next year? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas, God bless us. God bless us. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contests. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring, but one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. So I was at the beach recently with family when this guy with a metal detector nearby hits treasure. His detector is beeping, he drops it and starts digging. And my four-year-old nephew loses his mind and has to go see the jewels that are about to be uncovered. So I walk over there with him, admittedly a little excited myself, just in time to see that the incredible discovery is an old rusty zipper. Hey, it's Ryan. And while I'm unfortunately not a treasure hunter, our Faith and Family Mortgage Team has gotten really good at helping Word FM listeners uncover and cash out their own actual treasure. Home values have gone up significantly the last few years, leaving many families with the ability to cash out the equity buried in their home to use for life, like some home updates or paying off credit card debt or getting yourself a really nice metal detector to search for rusty zippers. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Well, tomorrow is 11-11. It's Veterans Day, which, of course, is different than Memorial Day. I think people get that confused in some way, do they not, right? But it is Veterans Day. And so So. I often wonder about, you know, the veterans among us. It's good to have this special day to to call out the veterans, to honor them. And I I wonder, you know, um, 
it feels as though those who serve in the military uh, have decreased over time. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, you know, like, okay, so in our family, my father, like a lot of men of his age uh, of the time, he was a World War II veteran, Don Hall. Don Hall served uh, in, in World War II. Now, my brother, who's six years older than me, when he was, uh, you know, in the late 60s, it was time for him to get drafted into Vietnam. And my brother, Jeff, Jeff Hall, he served as a veteran as well. Me, I didn't even have to register for the draft. I mean, there, uh, there was a period where you just, you know, it was all that anti-war sem- sentiment, you know, happened. And so I skipped right by it. I have no connection at all to the military, but I really appreciate any veteran who's given years of service to, to make sure that we're safe in this country. So that's fabulous. Yeah. Now, Kath, Mike, what about you guys? Veterans in your families? Um, I would say my, my, the first one that pops to my mind is uh, my cousin, Ed Warshall, who served in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to say his name on the air. And then I'm happy to say my nephew's name, Joshua Van Dyke, who served in the U.S. Navy in Desert Storm. Yes. And uh, grateful for him as well in his service. Very nice, Josh. Okay. And Mike, how about your family? Uh, you Uncle Wayne. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's served in the, on the National Guard for 22 years. Uh, Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Um, recently retired. Um, I think he's been in Afghanistan, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to remember who else. Um, my, my cousin, um, uh, was a Marine. He was, he was in active duty, um, three years ago. He, he's, uh, he just got out now. So he, he hasn't served anywhere though. What's but, his name? Uh, Ben Foster. That's actually, um, my cousin Ben and his dad was Wayne. Is Uncle or Wayne? Wayne. Oh, yeah. See. Yes. Very good. Yes. Terrific. Thank you, Ben and Thank Uncle you. Wayne. Yeah. All right. So, you know, we're just curious as our listeners about your own family, whether you yourself were a veteran or your dad or your brother or sister, your mom, someone in your family or someone that you know and you love and you respect and you want to honor. Why don't we open up our phones at 800-320-8255, and or ask is simple. You know a veteran? You want to honor a veteran? Give them a shout out live on the radio today. That'd be a, a good thing just to hear people's names and the time that they served and what branch of the military they were part of. Okay. 800-320-8255. Do we take a break? I think we should. Okay. All right. Let us take a break. Listen, we'd love to hear from you. So don't be shy about that. Give us a call. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on 101.5 Word FM. Oh, 800-320-8255. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-500-5588. If you owe the IRS IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay. Don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-500-5588. 800-500-5588. That's 800-500-5588. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. 
message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody to Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh in the heart of the city with the city in its heart. We are limiting the number of people in the office. It's patients and staff members only. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry begins with safety. We look a little different. We have more gear on, hand sanitizing stations throughout the office, frequently disinfecting all common areas. We're even using a UV light. All of these precautions are put into place for our patients' safety and our team members' safety. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at SecularLawFirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. On today's episode of America's Least Wanted, the home invaders most likely to threaten your family are not human. Cockroaches can spread salmonella and trigger asthma attacks. Termites destroy billions of dollars in property each year. And stinging insects send half a million people to emergency rooms. Learn how to protect your family. Arm yourself with the facts at PestWorld.org. A public service announcement from the National Pest Management Association. Let's face it, life's messy. And being a single Christian in today's culture isn't easy. Thank God for the Boundless Podcast. From relationships to finances to faith to family... They help me maintain my Christian walk through the tough stuff. Check out this clip from the Boundless Podcast. Today we are going to talk about the issue of shame mm-hmm. around singleness. One of the things that, that I've thought a lot about is um, Paul's peculiar message to the, the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians, he's talking about singleness because it seems like he is saying it's okay to get married, but stay single if at all possible. And the only way I can make sense of that is he has in his mind a priority of doing what God has called him to in the kingdom, and that that is more important to him than than having his relational status be what he wanted it to be. Boundless, a Focus on the Family webzine for young adults. For the complete podcast, support, and encouragement, visit boundless.org. The 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918, World War I armistice was signed, which was the beginning of what we call now Veterans Day. So, Kath and Mike and I, we've talked about the veterans in our family, uh, our families, and uh, we give them all props, all praise because of their sacrifice, the years that they gave to this country to keep us safe. So, we'd like to hear about your family. Uh, any veterans? Have you yourself served? Let's say their names out loud. Join us. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones and uh, talk to Joe. Hey, Joe, thanks for joining the show. How are you today? Hey, brother. How are you, man? Good. I can't complain. Yourself? Uh, you know, it's tough getting old and still have to fix cars, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> God bless you, Joe. <laughs> okay, who's the vet in your family? 
Oh, that would be my dad, um, Bill Stein. He Bill Stein. Um, actually, yeah, actually he served um, World War II, obviously. But the thing is, uh, when the 75-year the hit, you know, they were shown on TV over and over and over. That morning, right before I went to work, I'm watching some of the clips. And um, yeah. for the first time in my life, 64 years of living, I finally realized I knew exactly what my dad was doing. Um, I knew exactly what he was doing 75 years ago, and it's kind of changed my perspective. It's just, it take, it's taken me that long to figure that out. <laughs> mm. That's cool. That's a good insight, Joe, right? Because, I mean, I, I think especially for those dads who were of that, you know, the so-called greatest generation, a lot of those guys were mysteries to us. I don't know about your dad, but my dad was. He didn't talk about it much. There were no. guys that did. Yeah, you know, uncles, uh, great, or yeah, uncles and acquaintances. Uh, my dad had a, you know, anytime I met one that didn't, um, how can I say this, have the same outlook and perspective my dad had that they were either angry or um, a lot of those guys come back. Uh, they had, they struggle with alcohol um, relationships, but somehow my dad always seemed to have a, I guess, an answer for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how to say, Hey, you know, this is, and I remember going to Kane hospital back in the day. I had a great aunt that, that was in her great aunt, Danny. Um, and my dad struggled with that for the simple fact that a lot of those guys that were there were, uh, vets. Mm-hmm. And, um, as a kid, I, I didn't understand it until later on. And then, you know, like I said, that thing with the 75 years, uh, it was like one of those moments that I had, uh, a lot of stuff came to fruition, and I started thinking about the trips to Kane Hospital. I started thinking about, you know, the the men that my dad knew that, you know, I would ask questions about that he had an answer for. And um, I guess I was very fortunate, blessed to have a dad that came back from World War II, um, bought a piece of property in Moon Township, built a house. My mother was pregnant with me that summer and um, built a house out here and had three kids and and uh, and here I sit outside of church getting ready for worship practice and talking to you. <laughs> that's good, Joe. That's why they fought, didn't they? That's why they went to war, so we can do exactly what we're doing today. Exactly, brother. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, Joe, thanks an awful lot. Yeah, really good, good to hear Joe. your voice. You. Okay. Yeah. Love Very you guys. Appreciate it. Love you too. You too. Thank you. Uh, my dad, uh, my dad would often like uh, sort of deride his uh, World War II military service. My dad uh, drove a truck uh, in Sicily and uh, Africa, uh, throughout Italy and Africa. And um, I remember uh, he, after my dad died, uh, we went through his things and he had all these photographs. And now my dad... Uh, had this camera that he would carry with him. He did tell me that as a kid. I used to take these photographs during in World War II, but I never saw them. He just kept mm-hmm. them hidden away in a box somewhere. Really? And so going through his stuff, I mean, I literally found hundreds and hundreds of these little photographs of him, his buddies, families that he met along the way, uh, you know, trucks, automobile. I mean, it just, it was sort of like a travelogue of World War II. Wow. So, you know, Guys just didn't want to talk about stuff. Yeah. I don't know. You know, that's why I guess for someone who didn't serve like me, I just, I don't know. I just have relied on books to help me to get some 
semblance of a picture on what it was like for people who served. You know, I just I was fascinated reading about war, reading about, you know, what military service was like. I was thinking about Unbroken today. Oh, yeah. Um, Louis Zamperini's tale of, of World War II. I mean, what you you need to have those stories, right? So that you can know what that kind of experience that I will never know. Yeah. Otherwise, truly, it's uh, so soon yep. forgotten. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. Hey, Pat, you're live with Kath and myself. What's your What's your uh, story here? Hello. I want to thank you for um, putting this on and airing it and giving an opportunity for people to share um, their pride in their relatives and um, mm-hmm. and also the people that served. So thank you for doing that. Sure. Um, I wanted to share about my dad, uh, Frank Franco. He served in the Navy during World War II. Um, He has passed away four years ago, but he was on an oil tanker, and he was very, very proud of his service. Um, He would go into schools and talk to students about uh, his service, and he could still fit in his uniform, and he was very proud of that. But uh, another thing that was interesting was he had older brothers. He had an older brother, uh, Andy Franco, who was in the Air Force. Unfortunately, his plane was shot down, and he never returned home. But my dad also had another brother. Um, Mike Franco, who was in the Army. He had another brother, Harry Franco, who was in the, who was a Marine. He had another wow. brother, Steve Franco, who was in the Navy. And so all those men served um, in different branches of the service. They chose which one they wanted to go into. But I often have a heart for my grandmother, who watched each of them go, and oh um, the gosh. ones that did come back and the ones that didn't come back. Um, my dad also had a brother, John Franco, who desperately wanted to be in the service, but because of a disability, he wasn't able to. But he really supported his brothers and was very proud of them. And uh, my dad had an older sister, Mary Anderson, who um, really supported her brothers and loved on them and uh, kind of helped raise all those boys. But um, So the family was very proud of their service to the country, and um, we got to hear lots of stories. Well, that's great. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for telling us the story of your family. I love that your dad was still able to fit into his uniform and showed up. I mean, a lot of guys, that's that's a really good, it's a badge of honor. You know, maybe my dad uh, in his closet, he had this, uh, this army coat and, you know, that's kind of like cut off at the waist. It was Mm -hmm. olive green and I discovered it. It was sort of covered over by a dry cleaning bag and um, he gave it to me. And so when I was Mm -hmm. in college, I wore that thing like nonstop. And I still have it. So when my son was in high school, he discovered it. He wore my dad's coat as well. Oh, and I'm telling you, uh-huh. it looks as new today as it was in that, in that dry cleaning bag. So mm-hmm. there's something to be said about that, you know, the quality of the uh, of the military uniforms that that's have lasted sure. 75 plus years. That's for sure. Yeah, Thank you, Pat. The memories as you passed on. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. good. 800-320-8255. If you'd like to talk about someone you know and love who served, we would love to hear their name. Name broadcast on the air today, 800-320-8255. Okay, so you had a, you know, a veteran in your immediate family. Um, um, my dad served in the reserves. It's funny you brought up the, um, the, uh, the thing that you found that made you realize that the way we make things today is perhaps not as sturdy as the way they were once <laughs> no, made, no, right? No, no. When I was cleaning up my parents' house, I found my dad's, like, a, it was like a shoulder bag that he must have carried when he was in the reserves. And it's, I mean, that was in, what, 
1958 he was doing that 1957 yeah and man that bag i i'd never seen it before i'd never seen it my whole life i found that bag and i thought holy cow i mean it was obviously used like seriously used not just every once in a while you pull it out of a closet but like daily use used you know what i mean and i saw that and i thought oh my gosh i wish i knew the story behind that Things that will last forever. That's no doubt about that. Let's go back to the phones. Hey, Don, uh, you're live with Kath and myself. Uh, who in your family served? Uh, my dad, Julius Jiggis, he served in the Vietnam War Excellent. in uh, 1970. And, um, yeah, he was a Green Beret. Wow. And, um, he, yeah, he couldn't talk about it for a while, a couple of years. And I remember one day we were sitting there at the dinner table eating dinner, and um, he opened up to me. And some of the stories he told me, I was like, Wow. And um, he said when he came out, he uh, uh, he became a police officer for Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Police. And um, he served for like 15 years. And he retired. And God bless his soul, he passed away in 2004. But I remember he told me when he came home, he threw away all his, his uh, stuff from the service. He kept a couple pictures. In fact, I got one of them. And... Um, he just didn't want to have nothing to do with the service because he had bad memories over in Nam. He's seen a couple of his buddies' body parts blown apart and everything. And mm-hmm. but yeah. Oh, what's your dad's name? Julius Jiggis. Julius Jiggis. Well, thank you, Don, thank for your you, father Julius. and his service. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's really interesting. You know, right? I think that was pretty common for a lot of guys, right? That they just got rid of stuff. It just brought up too yep. much, you know, too much baggage. No pun intended. So they just let it all go away. Hey, appreciate that. 800-320-8255. Who served in your family uh, as part of the military? We're just taking a moment here. Tomorrow's Veterans Day, and we're thinking about all those men and women. You know, uh, the numbers, uh, the last numbers uh, from 2015, uh, at one point there were 28 uh, in, I'm sorry, in 2015, uh, across the country, there were 21.8 million veterans who had served. Wow. And you you think about, I mean, it's a tiny, tiny number of men and women who serve in the military, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, That's a gigantic piece of machinery. And where would we be without them? So um, in my sister, my sister's um, family, her, her husband's family, they're a military family. Uh, I mean, so it, it runs deep. I mean, brothers and sisters that just go on for generation and generation. And I think that's pretty common, right? You'll see families that just grab onto it and everybody serves in one form or another. And I, I mean, I think that's sort of the heartbeat of what keeps people, you know, the military active is the families have that tradition. Hmm. All right, let's go back to the phones and talk to Valerie. Valerie, thank you for calling. Tell us about a veteran that you know and love. Hi, my dad was in the Korean War, okay. and he enlisted. Um, he enlisted back when he was, I believe, eighteen years old. My dad, his brother, my uncle, and you know, when I look at pictures of my dad before he went into the service, he smiled and he was so happy. But and that is not the dad that raised us, because when he got out of the war, he came home. And he was very somber. He never smiled. He wasn't happy. And he did turn to alcohol, like you're saying. And it it was very sad. So as a child, my dad ended up having five children. And he was faithful to our family. But he was never happy. And he never talked about the war ever. 
and he never shared anything with us. So as we grew up, we just thought that's our dad. We didn't yeah. understand. And it wasn't until he passed away in 2018 that we got to talk to my uncle who was in Pearl Harbor and some other people. And we found out all the pain and the suffering that my dad saw. And it just broke your heart. And right now I'm 60 years old, but it grieves me that I never really got to talk to my dad and tell him how much I appreciated what he did for the country. And I just wanted to I just was listening to you as I was driving my car and thought, I'm going to hurry up and call in, and I'm just going to That's share great. that. These people had pain. There was a lot of pain. They saw a lot. Like the guy before said his father saw his friends blown up. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine that life. So now right. I appreciate my dad more than ever, and I understand yep. now his drinking and how painful it had to be. And Valerie, before you leave us, tell us your dad's name. Bernard John Godert. Okay. Very nice. Valerie, thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Valerie, for that phone call. I mean, That's this, the sacrifice of it. That is the pain and the sacrifice. It is. And the good news is that, you know, as a society, we've learned from our past we mistakes. So veterans who are suffering from PTSD, that's recognized, of course, all those wounds, psychological and physical, we're much better as a society to equip and engage those men and women who've given the ultimate uh, as long their as we time. Keep on, as long as we keep on equipping and engaging. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for being with us. Always a great pleasure. Thanks to the vets who helped to make our country what it is. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.